It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. What's happening, Better Faster Podcast listeners? So this is a fun episode. This one is packed with actionable content and was actually inspired by our friend Stephanie over at the Strength Continuum. She actually wrote an ebook a while back called Essential Strength Equipment for the Modern PT Practice. And since Josh and I are fresh off opening up a brand new location for our businesses, we decided to put together our own list of essentials. So when we're talking about essentials, we are talking about the things that we can't live without, the things that are not only going to be cost effective, but will also give the most bang for our buck by allowing us to treat and program for our clientele so that they can actually create adaptations. So I know there's a surge of interest in PTs wanting to start solo practices, cash practices, mobile practices, whatever. So we kept you guys and girls in mind as we were prepping for this episode. So let us know what you think. Let us know uh, what you think is essential or non-essential and hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. And if you like the episode, hit that subscribe button on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are talking about opening up a clinic and a gym. What are the essential things that you need? And we're talking equipment mainly here because we fortunately, for, for the two of us, we just went through this process. Uh, Brandon and Vertex, myself and Carolina Performance Training, we opened up a building together, but it essentially has two sides, a rehab side, a PT side, and a gym side. So we had to outfit this place. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have thought about opening their own clinic. We've talked about opening up in a gym um, from PT, from a PT side, opening up, say, a cash clinic in a gym. But what about a standalone clinic or a standalone gym when you're starting from scratch? So, Brandon, before we get going, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It was a uh, solid weekend. Spent a lot of time with the family. We did a lot of what my wife calls nesting, which means mm-hmm. we're getting the nursery ready for baby number two, whose name is officially going to be Brandon Beauregard Vaughn, and he's going to go by Bo. Is that Southern oh, enough? Wow, there that's that's Southern. I love it. I love it. I mean, he's got you know got Brandon in the name too. I didn't. This is the first time hearing of it. That's awesome. Yeah, man, a little little junior there. So uh, we're we're excited, man. Real excited about the boy coming. And uh, also, real quick before we get in this episode. Got to give a quick shout out to Stephanie and Jordan at the Strength Continuum. They delivered us some Starbucks goodies on Friday. And I mean, it was everything. We had hot bagels, banana nut bread, blueberry scones. And I promise this isn't the, uh, the, the coffee cake talking. Their Instagram page is at the Strength Continuum. And it's been one of my favorite pages to steal from probably for the last four months. All their stuff is original. You're not going to see just another split screen or another video of someone doing prone swimmers. They're doing things I haven't ever seen before. 
They're linking research seamlessly so you can actually implement it into your clinical practice and your programming. And Stephanie's a strong girl too. She's, uh, she's definitely one where I'm not squatting anywhere near her if I'm working out in the same gym because I don't want to look bad. So go, and, go ahead and give Strength Continuum a follow. Tell them BB sent you. They just got their LLC and get ready to open up a practice in Richmond, Virginia. And I got a feeling it's going to be nothing short of amazing. And they're about to get real busy real soon. Uh, what else, man? I uh, popped into the clinic last night to grab my drill, I forgot. And there were like six regionals athletes in their training. Looked amazing, man. What was going on with those qualifiers? Yeah, we had um, – so the Mid-Atlantic um, – qualifier was going on the team qualifiers in the middle and crossfit championships in dc in the end of april it's one of the 16 sanctioned events you know we've been talking about waterpalooza a lot this is another one coming up it seems like they're going to be so many of these bouncing around there's always a qualifier or an event going on um and and we had a group in town um you know two athletes from south carolina and two athletes from alabama um coming together to do a team because you know for this qualifier the unique thing is the workouts had to actually be done together because it was actual team workout to qualify which is a little different than a lot of the other qualifiers usually the team type uh qualifying scenario is individual workouts and maybe they're added together for a team or there's like three options you pick a teammate to do each one or something like that so um this was unique and you had to at least be in the same place so uh they came in for the weekend uh we'll get together again next weekend it's two weeks um so big commitment from some of uh, the out-of-towners driving in. Uh, so very thankful for that. Uh, but a lot of fun. And I have to give a shout-out to one of my athletes who was already competing um, this past weekend. She was in Australia. Um, and she finished seventh um, in you know a sanctioned event. So, again, the top person in that event qualifies. And in this case, the top person had already qualified. So the second-place person will get to go. And she was right there the whole weekend. She actually won two events um, outright. She was the first person to beat Sam Briggs in a workout. Um, Sam had won the first six events and then Hillary beat her in the seventh. Um, so finally <laughs> knocking off um, the uh, amazing Sam Briggs, which is great. Um, and so really proud of her and her effort. So a uh, huge shout out to her. Um, and then, like you said, you know, we're, we're gearing up for another one. So it seems like every other weekend there's something going on. Yeah, man, there were some studs back there. You tell there's legit athletes every single while, man. It's just, it's cool to see the vision come to fruition, man. I think we got really, I think we really got something special going on at this Casey spot. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how this plays out over the next several months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of the Casey spot, you know, we did open uh, roughly four weeks ago. I think it's four weeks on Wednesday, maybe if we, if I believe uh, if I'm correct there. So it's been a quick four uh, weeks. I know, man, it's crazy. I mean, four weeks and probably 10 dozen donuts, not to mention all the great <laughs> goodies from the strength continuum to continuum too. So um, a lot of, a lot of uh, things that haven't quite been great for our waistlines, but anyway, from opening the clinic standpoint, when you and I were sitting down and talking about opening this, this building, when we kind of, realized that this was going to be a possibility we started putting together lists of things to have and then you know for of course the the first part of it is you're putting together a real wish list like what's mm -hmm. everything you could think about having in a clinic or in a gym and that list is long and that list is expensive um and when you're when you're starting out uh, something like this i know for me my thought was you know I, I don't want to bite off more than i can chew um that came to when we were finding a building one from a space standpoint and a rent standpoint, but also from an equipment standpoint. You know, what are the essential things that I need to have, at least on my side, and I know you kind of think the same way too, that you need to have to be able to provide a 
great product, but something that really makes sense. So, um, you know, I know your first purchase over on that side wasn't two more Delphi uh, BFR units, uh, for instance. And on, and on my side, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, dive in for five skiers, you know. So um, there's, there's kind of some things that we have to narrow down that list uh, to. So um, on your side, man, what were some of the things you're like, man, I've got to have these select things to get rolling? Yeah, 100%. Before we dive into that, just to kind of elaborate, man, if we are talking about the actual bare essentials, just for a clinic, for a physical therapy side, you know, I want to note that this is not just for clinicians. This is also for patients. Even if you're a coach out there listening, maybe that's looking for a clinic to partner with so you can actually trust these people to send your clients to. You know, basically, if you walk into a clinic and all you see are ultrasound machines, a new step or TheraBands, that clearly doesn't pass a smell test. So let common sense prevail. Find another clinic. I mean, it's 2019. You think that places like this don't exist, but the dinosaurs haven't quite become extinct yet. So as far as things that you know, we, we have to have, things that we can't live without in the clinic, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you're going to have to consider. You know, what's going to be cost effective? What's going to be the best bang for your buck? Space might be an issue. And at the end of the day, what's going to get the job done? What's going to allow your patients to actually create adaptations where you can actually use the exercise science principles that you spent over a hundred grand on? So first one on my list is always going to be a kettlebell, right? Matter of fact, if I was on an island and I could only have one piece of equipment, it would actually be a 16 kilogram, which is about 35 pounds kettlebell. The reason why is because I've got to be able to get my patients to push, pull, squat, hinge, carry, and do everything else like Turkish get-ups, arm bars, windmills, whatever. And the kettlebell is going to get it done. And not to mention that no matter what you're doing, a kettlebell always looks like you're doing a legit workout. And I'm half kidding there, but that's a real thing with the psychology of empowering a person to get strong. Now, you know, we, I'm fortunate enough in my career that I'm at a point where I can get all the kettlebells that I want. But if I could only afford one for this clinic, it would actually be eight kilos, which is about 17 and a half pounds because I need one that my little old ladies can handle. So eight kilos is going to be more versatile for everyone, but it's not uncommon that we're using 80 plus pounds in the clinic. And uh, new kettlebell, just one is going to set you back about 50, 60 bucks, but you don't want like a poser with a brand new kettlebell sitting in your clinic. They, those things don't depreciate. You need that sucker to have some dings on it, maybe a little bit of chalk on the handle. I'm not even opposed to having a little rust. Just make sure people have their tetanus shot. Um, but the kettlebell needs to have a little bit of character, man. Those things tell a story, giving off Craigslist or off Facebook marketplace for cheap. And, uh, that's, that's number one on my list. Yeah, man. I think, um, from my strength conditioning side too, you know, that's one of the first things I looked into is kettlebells and a kettlebell rack, um, you know, in terms of, you know, different weights as well. You know, I tried to get, um, as you mentioned, uh, weights that are going to work for the the biggest number of people. Um, ideally, yeah, I'd love to have, you know, 106 plus pound kettlebells uh, for heavy carries for some of my you know, higher level athletes. But for the everyday person, most people aren't necessarily going to touch that one. So uh, for me, it was the, your, your big denominations there. So in kettlebells, that's your one pood, your one and a half pood and your two pood. So that's your um, you know, 35, 53 and 70 pound kettlebells. Because um, again, I'm, you know, most of the time, you know, I, I uh, my population is able to handle at least that 35. But I did also get some 26s, which would be like a three quarter pood. I believe is what that is. So um, for those who don't know, kettlebells come in, in interesting weights like that. It's P-O-O-D. It's an old Russian uh, scale. Um, so they come in poods. So um, I got at least a pair at every one of those major weights. So that way I could do carries with them or anything else with them too. So kettlebells were, were at the very top of my list as well. Yeah, you actually 
stole one to take your clinical, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I've actually take uh, <clears throat> cough three um, to the skilled <laughs> nursing facility. Um, so we will be the uh, maybe the first skilled nursing facility where we're doing kettlebell deadlifts and kettlebell swings and things uh, with all the patients. So I mean, I had you know I'm working on trunk control with with single arm front rack holds with people. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, there we're doing some fun stuff in the nursing home. Uh, you know, I'm doing um, kettlebell deadlifts from various heights. You know, working people into greater ranges of motion, teaching a hinge pad. As I mentioned, various holds, um, even some of the higher functioning patients getting some swings in there a little bit too. Um, I took with them, I took a four kilo, an eight kilo, and a 12 kilo. So that would be um, basically 8.8 pounds, about 17 pounds, and uh, 26 pounds is what I took with me. And you, you know, you're thinking, oh man, like that population's not going to be able to do anything. I mean, I've got 70 year old ladies, you know, doing deadlifts with that 26 pounder, um, and, and it's awesome. You want to work something, you, you want to try to help somebody get back, get back home and get out of the nursing home. Well, uh, doing some kettlebell deadlifts is definitely going to help. I love it, man. And they probably have a new step in there, right? I feel like that's like the standard we, yeah, with every nursing home. We do have a couple of new steps and omnicycle and, and they do get some use to, and, and, you know, I hate to, to say that there's not a place for them, but I do think at least just in general, and that's what I love about the place where I am in my CI, uh, is very forward thinking in a lot of things and wants to experiment with some of these things and wants to be progressive. Um, so I'm very lucky in that, in that, uh, in that instance. So I'm getting to do these things, but I'm sure in other clinics that are maybe set up the same way, um, those new steps are probably, uh, frequented. Yeah, man, you can, you can definitely fit a couple kettlebells in the budget. If you can fit a new step in there, that's, that's uh, the only point I wanted to make with that. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so moving on down the list, uh, next one I got is, is a barbell. So the, the, the rule is that you're not going to get better at something by not doing it. So if your patient's goal or their sport requires the use of a barbell, you better have one in your clinic with some plates and they don't have to be bumpers. They can be steel, whatever, because you're going to need to have a tool to add enough external load to create these adaptations. You don't need a fancy bar with a lot of spin. It's nice to have one, but there's some really great athletes out there that grew up on really crappy bars. Something cheap is going to get it done. Yeah, same for me, man. Barbell was way at the top of my list. I did go with bumpers on my side just because uh, the population I work with does do a lot of Olympic lifting, meaning there is going to be times that they need to be able to drop the barbell. Um, so I, you know, I did, you know, go for some bumpers, but you're right. You know, you don't need fancy plates. You don't need a fancy bar. And I'm here to tell you as much as everyone wants to think that they are a great lifter, most of us it, don't lift enough weight to where the bar matters. You know, um, you know, at the very highest levels, when you're putting up some crazy amounts of weight, yes, the bar plays a role and you have to think about things like that. But the vast majority of, majority of us, as we're doing, you know, you know, technique work with Olympic lifting and we're hitting our squat sets, we don't need anything fancy. We don't need an Aleco bar. Um, you know, we can use the, the, the rogue beater bar and be just fine. Um, or whatever you want to use. So, um, same kind of thing, barbell plates, it, it's, <laughs> you can do it all you know, with a barbell and you need to be, you need to be able to load your patients. And a lot of times with a kettlebell, you're limited maybe in what you can load them. Uh, so a barbell is going to be how you can continue to load them further. Uh, so that was number two on my list as well. Awesome. And again, I just want to know, you know I've been doing this for a while, so I'm going to have bumper plates and I'm going to have a decent barbell, but I'm saying you don't have to have one, especially for, right. for sure. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> next up on my list is the Spud Inc. Magic Carpet Sled. So I use this thing so much every single day. You know, what it is is a sled that you can strap weights to. It can be bumpers, kettlebells, cinder blocks, whatever. The thing is so versatile. My geriatric population loves it. Uh, they, I love doing lateral sled drags on it with my ankle and hip patients especially. 
And if I have an athlete that I don't have enough weight just laying around, I actually jump and go for a ride myself. And that's an instant 185 pounds of rock solid dad bod. And the bonus with this is that the sled is actually the same one that the army is using for their combat readiness test. So get you one of these. It'll set you back about a hundred bucks, but it is money well spent. Yeah, man. I had sled on my list too. Um, I didn't necessarily have a specific brand on there. The one we have in the clinic that I use the most is by Rogue. It's called the e-sled. Um, it's a, a, again, about a hundred bucks, you know, I think 90, hundred bucks. Um, but it, it, it's loadable with the plates. You can, you know, progress the loading. I love sled work, um, for all populations. As you mentioned, I think it's great from an active recovery standpoint too, and an aerobic standpoint. Uh, I think people forget about that is you can do long aerobic pieces and recovery pieces that have, you know, light to moderate sled drags that are continuous. Cause there's no eccentric loading there. Um, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of good there and it's something that is not going to necessarily blow people up, but by this, you know, but uh, you know, in addition to that, you can use it for some other purposes other than that. You can do sprints with them. You can do uh, you know lactic power work um, and you know and progress in some really hard intervals as well. So I'm a fan of a sled because it is so versatile. Um, so I have a sled in my in our clinic too, um, or in, I'm sorry, in the gym side as well. Um, but I love that carpet one. That carpet one's pretty cool, and I um you know I've I've stolen it over to the gym side as well every once in a while um, when I'm inside. But I love the rogue the rogue sleds. Um, I think too, if you can afford um, more than one sled, I would get one that you can drag like that. So you can, you know, I, that's probably my favorite, but I love a good prowler. Um, just cause you can blow people up with the prowler, man. You think you get some good athletes in there and you want to maybe, uh, you know, push them and humble them in a new way, get, uh, have them do, you know, five deadlifts at a moderate weight into five, uh, five burpees as fast as possible into a, a 50 meter sled sprint with a prowler. And, and then rest a long time because you're going to need it. But you do that kind of interval work with people, you are going to help them get better. And so sleds are, are really versatile. Yeah, that workout sounds familiar. I feel like I've yeah. done that one a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I love a, 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 a weighted movement, uh, something that's not a grind that you can move quickly into a more of a body weight or gymnastics type movement that you can also cycle relatively quickly to keeping intensity high into more of a monostructural movement um, that you can have a really high turnover. So you need a lightweight there. That's not a grinding sled push. That's a, that's a light, high turnover sled push. Um, that's the one way you can make your you know, lactic work mono or uh, mixed modal rather than just keeping on the bike or rower keeps it interesting but man it can blow people up and uh that's it's fun to watch and fun to prescribe not necessarily fun to do <laughs> sure all right next one on the list is i got the trx so gotta have some straps you got patients coming out of surgery that are going to need to get back to doing pull-ups or jumping on the rings in the crossfit box and you're going to have to have something to transition them to it so the TRX, or even better, the, the Edge Suspension Trainer, which looks cooler because it's blue and it's half the price. There are thousands of exercises you can do on it. You can throw it over the door, hook it up to your pull-up bar, mount it to the wall. You know, they have straps at Planet Fitness now, or so I'm told. It's going to set you back about 75 bucks, And, um, you know, I think that is with a discount code. There's a ton of them out there for uh, Urson Religioso's site. He's the, uh, the Edge Physical Therapist. We don't have a discount code for it yet, but um, I'm going to work on that soon. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I think those are great. And uh, of course, we have rings on our side too. I didn't have that listed um, as highly on my my next one was the rack, which we can get to too, or, or rig. But as far as the the rings, um, you know, I love having rings um, that you can adjust. From of course, everybody loves you know seeing muscle ups and the stuff, the higher complexity things. But the most important things is being able to have it a little bit lower and doing a ton of variations with it low. So things that you can do with with that that you maybe haven't thought of other than like your 
general ring row. You can put them really low and, and do um, planks or front leaning rests on them to ch- you know, challenge it a little bit more. Do kind of ab fallouts um, or different, you know, ab- abdominal variations. Um, I do different kinds of ring row variations where I'll do you know, archer ring rows, single arm ring rows. I'll do ISO holds with it. I'll do single arm ISO holds with it. I'll add a ton of tempo to everything. Um, but you can also use it when you're, you're you know, you know, doing kind of, uh, you know, say like a pistol variation or squat variation that to add a little bit of self-assistance. Um, there, there's so many different things you can do with rings or, or those suspension trainers. So I like rings with some long straps that I can adjust up and down. Um, because again, we're talking about the essentials. Ideally you have those competition straps from, from rogue that are so nice, but, um, those are a little expensive and they also are harder to adjust over the full range from say like a 12 foot upright all the way to the ground. So we've got some long old MDUSA straps that, you know, MDUSA isn't even around anymore. So, um, you know, they're, you know, I think something that you can really adjust so you can hit all those different variations. Definitely something you want in your clinic. Those competition straps are nice. Mm-hmm. Love those yep. things. We need to get some of those. It's hard to go back after you've uh, been swinging on those things. Well, Brandon, I do get married in uh, <laughs> July. So if anyone listening, um, they may not be on the registry, but if you just want to go outside the registry for something like that, it, I think it would be okay. We'll see if Kelsey agrees with that, but I'm going to say it's okay. I'm going to be real disappointed if you don't get a set of straps in your uh, mailbox after saying that. No, no, it's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> She's going to look at this and be like, wait, well, how did this happen? Because I, I mean, she, she does listen, I think. Um, we'll find out if she does because I'm not going to tell her about this and I want to see if she finds out. But um, yeah, so that, uh, that's something that and I can add to that wish list. If anybody does want to just you know, contribute to the fund, um, just let me know. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on down, the power rack. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go with a power rack instead of a squat stand because I need to not only be able to use it for squats and pull-ups, but I need to be able to do things like body rows without it tipping over. I need to add attachments to it like landmines and dip barns, dip bar, excuse me, hang bands all over it. My geriatric population, they need to occasionally grab a hold of it to balance. I have the Rogue S3 at our Casey office. I actually have the Rogue Infinity squat stand in my garage. But I got to say that the Sornex base camp, or if you got the money, the dark horse rigs are worth the money because if you're like me and you can't mount them into the concrete without pissing off the landlord, the Sornex ones are more sturdy and they don't tip over. Now the rogue ones are going to get the job done, but you're going to have to stand on it occasionally when you have someone moving a lot of weight. And the, the other thing about it too is in the clinic, it's, it's, this is by design. It's the centerpiece. Whenever people walk in the door, that's the first thing I want people seeing as soon as they open the door to our clinic. And uh, depending on what you get, all in all, it's going to cost you between seven hundred to a thousand bucks, maybe more if you go towards the the, the heavier end of uh, of that dark horse. But uh, that's definitely a, a must-have in the clinic. Yeah, man. And when you're talking about a rig or rack, um, whatever you want to call it or go with from a gym standpoint, I think the first thing you have to look at is your space one, um, because these things take up a lot of room and in, in a gym setting, depending, you know, depending on how the volume of people you plan on having in there, you need to make sure you have enough squat stations, enough pull up bars. And, you know, it, it, you, need to make sure it fits what you're trying to do. Uh, again, without, like we talked about before, without biting off a little more than you can chew. So, um, when we talk about rigs, um, we chose to wall mount ours. Um, and that was something that I debated heavily, um, mainly because honestly, I've been on a lot of wall mounts when I've you know traveled or gone to different gyms and some of them just, they aren't very sturdy. They shake a little bit. I just, it, it hasn't always been my favorite thing, but with our space, it just made sense with where we were and where we could put the rig. And I am so glad we did. We, we, we spent a little bit more money on, uh, you know, some really nice bolts. We, you know, we, we really did it the right way. And, um, 
I, I'm pumped that we did it because it, it opened up the space. Um, and, and when we're talking about what rig to get, there's so many different options there too. Um, when you look at even just from Rogue, from one provider standpoint or one company standpoint, they have everything from um, their uh, economy to infinity to the different monster variations. It all has to do with like the size and thickness of the uprights and things like that. So you got to think about like kind of what your, you know, what kind of volume your, your rig is going to take um, in terms of what kind of beating it's going to take. Um, I don't think there's really too much of a need to splurge for something too fancy there um, because I think it all gets the job done. Um, ours is actually a Sornex rig um, that we got used from another gym and uh, I'm really happy with it. Again, um, the, we got we got a very good deal on it. Um, we also got the, all the attachments like you mentioned, the dip bars, landmine, all that kind of the adjustable pull-up bars. Uh, but I think the, the biggest thing is look at your space Think about the demand that you're going to have in there um, and, and what you're trying to create. And then, um, you know, get the appropriate thing for you because um, you want to make sure it fits your space. Um, there's nothing like a, a, you know, a really nice rig that doesn't really fit um, you know, or doesn't really make sense in that space. It, it just, you know, you're wasting a little bit of money there. So um, I'm really happy with what we did there. Um, I think rigs from what we were stand, our standpoint for more of like a CrossFit type feel um, is, uh, is important. You know, it's what you're going to find in more gyms rather than a bunch of power racks sitting there. Uh, but you know, I love a good power rack too, especially if you're going to have a lot of open gym hours and people, you know, squatting on their own, maybe they provide a place to put, you know, safety straps or bars. So you might want to take that into account. Um, so I think you really just have to evaluate your situation when it comes to the gym setting. Shout out to architect Wes, shout out to our engineer, Zach, for helping us get that rig mounted right. So it's not wobbling over the place too. Yeah. That's also key. Yeah, no. And that took a while to put up too. And shout out to all the people that helped me put that up because that was, <laughs> that was a team effort by far. Um, it would not have, uh, not have happened or not happened this quickly if I hadn't had a ton of help with it. Sure. All right. Next up, I got the assault bike or the Schwinn Airdyne from the eighties. Those things are tanks. Mm -hmm. don't get the new schwins they are plastic pieces of shit but we're talking <laughs> about a tool that can be a range of motion stimulus a versatile tool for energy systems training aerobic conditioning which is also energy systems training how about your mma fighters or your wrestlers who you're going to throw on it to do a 30 to 60 second sprint i'm talking a legit sprint at that feels like hell then you're going to see how they perform in a fatigued state maybe under a little duress where you're asking them three digit math problems a used one is going to set you back about 600 bucks a new one 750 i hear those rogue echo bikes are legit too but i haven't used one uh, you care to comment on that, Josh? Yeah, man. There are so many options out there too. Because not only do that do they have the Rogue Echo bikes, but then you have uh, Concept Two came out with the bike as well. Um, and then you have a brand called Zbex who actually puts out a really high, what I think is a high quality product, even though um, they aren't calibrated similarly to um, you know the assault bike, so you can't use them in like CrossFit competition. But if you're looking for just a well-made bike, you want something that's going to last. And again, assault bike seems to be the bike of choice oftentimes in the in the CrossFit world and the gym world. But man, those things break down a ton, especially if there's a ton of volume on it um you know we were at carolina crossfit there's just so many people using them you know we had an arsenal of bikes you know like 15 bikes but you know one or two were always getting worked on you know because they were just getting so much work and they couldn't hold up to the to the, the beating they were taking uh so i mean we have some assault bikes for the gym that's what we went because again um, when you're starting a gym you need the essentials we got a uh, a 
a, a good deal on them. Um, but I would probably go personally with those Rogue Echo bikes because, like you said, they are a tank. And I've gotten to use uh, them a couple times at some different gyms. Uh, one of our buddies, Steve Keys, has one. I'm playing around on that a little bit more. And, man, that thing, um, just like almost everything Rogue makes, man, um, that thing's going to last. Uh, it is built like a tank. So um, if I had to do it and I was buying new, I'd probably look at the Echo. Um, but, again, you got to look at it from a cost-benefit um, perspective. Any bike is going to be great there in those flywheel bikes because as you mentioned, they're so great for energy system training. I actually would rather have a bike than a rower to tell you the truth, because I think that the bike is actually a little bit more versatile. Um, again, the rower, you know, the one, there's more skill involved with the rower. Um, and two there, so there, again, there's one more variable that could be a limiting factor, but then also with the rower, it's more difficult to train the, the, uh, higher intensity, shorter duration, um, uh, type of energy system training. So I'm talking like eight second, 10 second, 12 second sprints. It's hard to cycle a rower fast enough to really get that stimulus. Whereas a bike, you can go on that. So, um, it, it, I, I'm a fan of, of a bike. Um, you know, I think you have to have one in a gym. Um, if you can have a bike and a rower, then, then you got to get both. Awesome, man. Last thing I had on my list in terms of actual fitness equipment, as far as bare essentials go is a bench. And, you know, really, I kind of I went back and forth on this, you know, a utility bench versus an adjustable one. I, I, I'm going to go with the adjustable one, even though they cost a lot more money just to get one that basically inclines. But it's a tool we use a lot in the clinic. I'd say, to be honest with you, the thing I use it most often for is I actually use it as a prop for box squats. You know, thinking about my patients that come in that you know, maybe have patellofemoral pain. Maybe I temporarily have to decrease the depth of their squat so they can heal up or maybe to decrease the amount of patellofemoral uh, compression. We're going to use that mostly for squatting. Um, but then, you know, as far as using the incline, I, I use that a lot for my shoulder patients. So scapular work, you know, things like bat wings. Uh, it can also be a prop to do trunk work on. We use it to do thoracic spine mobility work on a little bit of everything. It's, it's a tool that I end up using as part of my evaluation when I get people sitting on it, checking out their thoracic rotation, things like that. So I definitely feel like it is a must have. And um, again, the adjustable ones are going to be a lot more expensive. Utility bench will probably get it done. You can probably turn it into an incline by putting some plates underneath one end. But, um, you know, look at getting to uh, use one of these because these things are pretty sturdy as well. Yeah, man, I actually, um, I didn't have a bench as high on mine, not because I don't think it's beneficial. Um, you know, if, if you're out there listening, partner with the PT clinic, that's going to buy an adjustable bench. Um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, for me, um, the, I put, uh, adjustable plyo boxes as my next thing on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, mainly, you know, because I think they are also very versatile, uh, versatile. Um, of course you have step up variations. You can do a ton of single leg training, step down variations, step over variations, lateral step ups. You can jump up, um, you know, again, you know, jump up, step down. You can use that as a conditioning tool. Um, but all, you know, also you can, uh, you know, develop uh, a little bit more power there. You can do depth jumps uh, and things when you're kind of returning somebody back into impact and getting them ready, uh, to, you know, as you're building them back to returning to a sport, you can do split squats and things where you use it essentially like a bench where you're elevating your feet, um, or, uh, box squats. I love box squats. Um, so getting some kind of adjustable box, that's a, uh, 
you know, a, either a 20, um, we have 20, 24, 30s is kind of their adjustable, um, is how they're adjustable based on the size. And then getting maybe one shorter one than that, like a 12 or 14 or something lower that maybe you could add plates to if you need to for some of your shorter clients when they're doing, say, box jumps or step ups or something like that. Um, so I had plyo boxes next, but um, nothing against the bench. I think a good bench, or specifically, if you're going to get a bench, man, shout out to our man Donnie, get a, t- get a fat pad, man. If, once you bench oh, yeah. a fat pad, you're not going to want to bench on any other bench uh, again. So, so, um, you know, try it. it. It does feel great. Um, it, I, I think it's the best kind of bench uh, pad out there. And you can also modify your current bench by um, with a new pad if you just buy the pad. So um, I would definitely recommend looking into that too. Um, but again, bare necessities. We're talking about the bare essentials. That might not be where you go first because uh, it's a little bit more expensive. Um, but for me, those plyo boxes have a lot of bang for your buck. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Plyo boxes. And then, you know, if you have the option to get one, go with the foam because people are a lot less apprehensive to jump on them because they're not worried about busting their shins up. And it also seems like that's what they're using a lot in competitions these days. So why not practice like you play? But I also am going to say this, um, not very efficient, but back in the day when we didn't have the money to afford benches, we would just take the bumper plates and stack them up. And that's what we use for our step ups and, you know, jumped on them and that kind of thing too. But it takes some time and, and that kind of stuff too, but you can get it done without a plyo box as well for some of those things. Yep. Um, Next up, man, I got, I'm, I'm getting right into clinical stuff. So uh, the, the obvious one is, is a treatment table. So I think that for me, that was the first thing I actually invested in. I made sure from day one when I had my first business that I had a high-low table. Um, a lot of it was because of doing manual therapy, things like spinal manipulations. I wanted to make sure that I could get into the right position, especially do a lumbar manip, you know, taking into account different morphologies. Not to mention, it just looks legit when someone walks into the treatment room and everything's nice and clean and put together and put in place. The high-low table is nice. They are expensive. Uh, you know, a half-decent one's going to cost you about twenty-five hundred bucks, maybe three grand. Not completely necessary, though. You know, in, in our clinic that we still have in the CrossFit box, we actually have a, a just a massage table that we got off Amazon. I think for less than two hundred dollars. Whatever you get, whatever you go with. Just make sure it looks nice. Make sure it doesn't have rips in it. Make sure it's not dirty. Make sure it's not taped up. Uh, 200 bucks for a treatment table that you're going to be spending a lot of time on is not that expensive. So you could really get it done with either one. I know a lot of my colleagues just go with the fold-up massage tables because a lot of them have, you know, portable practices and things like that and everything is just fine. But, you know, keep in mind, a lot of it is for body mechanics and make sure you can actually do the treatments that you want to do the right way and also for presentation too so a patient feels comfortable when they actually get up on that table. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great, man. I think, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'm looking at my list over here and we talked a little bit about, about rings was I had on my list there too, but, um, just some jump ropes. Um, you know, again, a lot of people are going to come to your, you know, to your space, depending on what kind of clientele you're uh, attracting. They may not have a rope. They don't really, uh, you know, they don't know that they need one anyway. Um, I think having, uh, some jump ropes, again, a few different sizes, um, for people to be able to pull off the wall and learn to use is great. And I had bands too. Um, but not for banded pull-ups. Um, I think we've already talked about another episode if you think that you need to do banded pull-ups send me a message and i'll explain to you why you don't um but uh we'll leave it at that um so uh, i think bands are great um for a lot of different things um again i think it's a way to rig up kind of like a like a crossover symmetry-esque system without paying for a crossover symmetry system so you can do cuff work and shoulders warmed up there's so many different things you can do with that um you can use them for um you know uh, different types of mobility work there we talked about using bands for um 
different exercises that we might give somebody. Um, when we've talked about some of our, uh, you know, more of our clinical episodes, we've talked about how bands could be incorporated there. Um, you can use them for some of your higher level athletes for like accommodating resistance, things like that. Um, so there's, there's a lot that can be, you can be used there. Uh, so I, I have some bands too. You don't need, I mean, for me, I'm not going for anything really crazy, you know, heavy in terms of like bands are light to heavy. Um, I'm getting some light bands, things that I can do, use a lot of different, use in a lot of different ways. Yeah, man, those bands, those functional fitness bands, um, they become so commonplace now. And I think you can thank Kelly Starrett for that, but they have them at pretty much any gym. Now your, your gold gyms, your move fitness, your planet fitnesses, they're going to have them. So chances are when your patients come in the door and you're starting to do whatever it might be, whether it's scapular work, band immobilization, stuff like that, they're going to have access to that outside the clinic if they are a member somewhere. And of course, they're going to be in your CrossFit boxes too. Um, so that's definitely, definitely a good one to have on the list for sure. Did you have anything else on the fitness equipment side of things? Honestly, man, the only thing I wanted to talk about was um, buying new versus used. Um, that was kind of something I wanted to point out there. Yeah. Is, um, when I look at fitness equipment, um, I think of it a lot like a car. And the reason I say that is it depreciates pretty quickly there. Um, so other than things like your bikes and your rowers, you know, those hold value. But the other thing is, Use bumper plates, use bars, use kettlebells. They don't hold a ton of value. So if you can find nice, you know, like well, you know, well taken care of used equipment, um, I think that's the way to go. To tell you the truth, as as nice as it is to walk into the gym on day one and your brand new gym that you just started and everything is new and it looks great. Um, that's kind of unrealistic and it's probably unnecessary. And again, we talked about not biting off more than you could chew. So for me, it was about scouring the internet for, for deals essentially for, you know, what I thought was a, an appropriately priced used piece of equipment. Um, I've had, um, uh, a buddy of mine say that when you're buying, um, you know, fitness equipment, you know, other than bikes or rowers, you're trying to not pay more than 50 cents on the dollar relative to what it was new. Um, so I took, you know, I had that in my mind a lot of times where I'm looking at a lot of these different things and did I get everything for that. No, not necessarily. Um, but it's just kind of a good rule of thumb because it does depreciate really quickly. And again, after day one, it's all going to be used anyway. So, um, you know, for me, that's, that was something that I think we get caught up in wanting to have the shiny new stuff on day one, but realistically, you just need to make sure that you have the right equipment, not necessarily the, the, you know, new equipment. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, man. And, and like I mentioned earlier with the kettlebell, like I'm, I'm serious about this stuff. Like I, I like some of my stuff like that to look like it actually has been used and has a little bit of, it has a little, been broken in somewhat. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, that's, depends on what it is. You know, if it's like your manual therapy tools, which we'll get into in a minute, you know, that stuff needs to be clean for sanitaries and stuff like that. But, you know, kettlebell that's got a little bit of, uh, tells a story. It's got a little bit of wear and tear on it, a few dings. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a bad thing at all. You know, I think I would think that that's why patients are actually going to want to see whenever they come into the clinic, especially if they have experience working out in a functional fitness gym or wherever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing too is good news, bad news. I mean, gyms, especially functional fitness gyms, they're closing and liquidating. It seems like every day. So it is not hard to find stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of you know, CrossFit buy sell groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It is not hard to find this stuff at all. So, um, you know, should be pretty easy. Yeah. There's one more thing I forgot to mention. I, it was on my list. It was higher up. I passed it over it as we were moving down. Um, and that was some medicine balls. Um, and I think this also is something from, from a clinic standpoint is great to have as well. But from the gym standpoint, you know, nowadays, you know, doing something like a wall ball is commonplace. Um, but I think it's so much more than that. You can do slams. You can do, uh, you know, rotational throws. You can, you can do a lot of things with a med ball that's not just a wall ball. But that seems to be, you know, 
what is, uh, you know, pretty common in a lot of functional fitness programs. So I think, you know, wall balls there, it doesn't have to be a Dynamex. I love Dynamex um, ones just because I've used a lot of them, but there's some other good ones out there. We've got some by, again, Faster. I've got some from, I think, Titan. Um, and of course, I have some Rogue and some Dynamex ones. Um, but there are a lot of different brands out there. I think those like, you know, you know, people know what I'm talking about, the wall ball med balls. Um, I think a few of those are great um, at varying weights, not just the 20 and the 14 that uh, you use for wall balls in say cross standard cross the competition. Get some lighter ones, get things you can throw, get things you can slam. Um, you can do a ton of other things with the med balls than just a wall ball. But I think those are, are something that, you know, for me, those are on my list from day one and I made sure we had some, uh, had enough of them. Absolutely, man. Don't forget our patients, everyone, even our elderly patients, especially they need to train power heavy and fast. They need to train speed light and fast. They, they got to be able to hit that second gear to get across the street if a car's coming. So that stuff needs to be trained in the clinic and med bars are a great tool for that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So that, that, uh, that old saying in business, uh, undersell and over deliver. I got three things on the manual therapy side of that stuff. I wanted to throw in as well too. So hit me. First one on the list are scraping tools. So I've got $5 gua shot. You can get them on amazon.com. They call them jade. I think they're actually just green plastic. Uh, they say, so So Shantae Cofield, who I consider the expert on this topic, she said you could literally use a spoon out of your drawer. I'm telling you, don't actually use a spoon out of your drawer. Not only is that going to make you look like a cheap bastard, but like also going to look like a weirdo. But again, those gua shot tools, get it done. Um, metal's metal, plastic is plastic, scraping is scraping. We know we're just influencing the nervous system. Uh, if you're into cupping, I know I am. The, the rock pods have become my favorite tool. They're basically like little plungers. Whoever invented these definitely clogged up his toilet one day. He pulled out his plunger and an idea was born, but they are so easy to apply. They, they say they stay on better than the plastic Chinese ones, and you can move around with them on. You can move them around bony prominence. is super easy. They come in a case. They don't get scattered around. They don't break. They're easy to clean, and they're 75 bucks if you use the healthcare provider discount. So that's a really, really nice uh, set of cups there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last one on my list is needles. So if you dry a needle, Sarah needles cost $10 a box. That's 10 cent a needle. You'll probably need um, three sizes at, at the least. Um, some alcohol prep pads, even though we know all the alcohol does is push the dirt around a sharps container. Although technically in South Carolina, you can use a bleach bottle. I actually called D heck and asked about that, but nonetheless, we use sharp boxes for show some gloves, all that stuff together is going to cost you about 50 bucks. If you want to get an East M2 unit to go with that, they're 75 a piece. So we'll call it 125. No, I think that's great, man. I think, uh, again, it's a good adjunct to the overall plan. And I think, you know, having, uh, you know, knowing when and where to spend your money on those things is great because you can easily overspend in, in ways that you don't necessarily need to, to get, uh, the same effects. So, um, I think it's good that we touched on that, man. So I was keeping a, a running tally. So if, of the total pricing. So if you go on the cheaper end side of things, it's going to cost you somewhere between 2,600 bucks and three grand. If you splurge and you get that really nice power rack or a rig, or you get a high low table, you know, it's going to cost you somewhere in the five grand plus, but you can easily, we did an episode about this, how to start a cash-based practice, less than three grand. I mean, this, you know, this is minimum equipment you can get it done for close to 2,500 bucks and be a really good clinician and, you know, probably do a lot better than some of your bigger, you know, puppy mill clinics who spend a lot of money on biodexes and new steps and things that aren't much of use these days. So, um, you know, hopefully this episode was helpful in that regard and, um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you think. Uh, keep those iTunes reviews coming. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast first. You can leave us those reviews. We really appreciate that. And it helps bump us up the list. We're closing in on a hundred of those. 
So uh, keep them coming. We also appreciate all the shout outs, the follows, the DMs, the good ones and the bad ones that you leave us on Instagram. So give us all a follow at, at Better Faster Podcast. You can keep up with Josh's business at CPT underscore strength. And you can see what all Vertex has in store with some uh, big announcements and updates coming up at Vertex PT. And that's it for this week. We'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at VertexPT.com or on the gram at VertexPT.